When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. We will be joined from the other part of our crew, the CHGO White Sox crew, Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer. He is out at Guaranteed Rate Field covering a White Sox. Anybody? 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 Win. And not only is it a win, but it's a sweep. White Sox improved to 59 and 56 on the year. Herb, how you feeling? I feel good. It's a good victory, but tempered by, because we know that Detroit team is no good. And hell's coming to breakfast. Almost uh, literally. We got the Astros for four games where I'm just <laughs> like, ugh, it's going to be a real tough go. I'm just looking for a sweep or uh, a split there, but... Good. Took care of business versus a team that you need to take care of business with. It's almost like, you know, the Kansas City thing. It's a little bit better, but also it feels a lot worse because if you would have taken care of business versus Kansas City, you've been that much closer to the Guardians. Right now, as we stand, two and a half games behind the Guardians with the Twins coming back. Uh, might be tied with them for second place. They keep on playing like this. But if you've taken care of business versus the Royals, who are getting their tits lipped up by the uh, Yankee, no, the Dodgers this weekend, you would have had, you know, closer maybe a game in between you yourselves and the Gar- Cleveland Guardians. This week you have another game versus them, three games versus them. So it sets up for disappointment this weekend if the White Sox <laughs> can't capitalize off of this sweep of the Detroit. Only, only what, six more games with Detroit, so you can't play them all the time. Right, that was their, they're now 10-3 and three against Detroit on the year. They have been handling their business against Detroit. Everyone else in the AL Central, they have not been. But you mentioned <sighs> Cleveland, and Cleveland's now eight games up, uh, above 500. White Sox now three games above 500. The first time they're above three games, uh, the three games above 500 since April 17th. Mm. Since the ninth game of the year, when they were 6-3, and three, when we had no worries, when it seemed like like they were going to be going to 90 wins we had no concerns uh and then everything fell apart and that was uh two or three versus the tigers two or three versus the mariners two or three versus the race mm-hmm. and then i so, think uh, cleveland they, they started playing cleveland and then okay. everything started going to shit yep. so um it was real fun um and two cleveland since the all-star break uh split a series with the white Sox, split a series with boston beat the Rays in a three-game series, beat Arizona in a three-game series, split a four-game series with the Astros, swept the Tigers, and then just beat the Toronto Blue Jays in a three-game series. So they've, they've taken care of business after the All-Star break. And that is the big thing. You said he, they split a series versus the Astros. I remember watching that. I believe the Astros did win, like, the first two games. Yep, 6 nothing, 9 9-3. And then Cleveland salvaged the last two. That's all they had to do, just hold serve. At the time, they're in second place, and then since then, they've been taking off and passed over the Minnesota Twins. I think we've all said it, or most of us have said it, 
we're more scared of the Cleveland Guardians than the Minnesota Twins because they have right. much more firepower and the pitching staff is a rate. Well, too, the, I mean, 162 game season, there's no 163. Yeah. So if you are tied with the Guardians being, you know, you see Kai saying 81 and 81, he's going to keep preaching it. If you are going to be going down to the wire, down to the last game, if you're going up against the Guardians and you lose the season series, your ass isn't going to the playoffs. And remember, guys, I said it on the last podcast, the Cleveland Guardians play those very same Kansas City Royals six straight games to end the year. Mm-hmm. So home games versus a weak Kansas City Royals team, which the White Sox couldn't take advantage of, I guarantee the Guardians will take advantage of. So before that series starts, when you're playing the San Diego Padres, understand that you need to have a nice, sizable lead by that time because we know probably four out of those six games are going to go to the Guardians. So you need to get some games versus the Padres and the Twins in that series because... You know the Royals ain't going to give you any help there. Right. They're not playing the White Sox, so they know they're going <laughs> to not play all the all out. When they play the Diatium Dodgers, it's like, oh, here, hit a home run. Here, hit a home run. You saw Nicky Lopez hit, got the pitch yesterday, and Joey Gallo's like, that's enough. Disrespect. Here's the ball right back into Independence. Local product. I don't know if you about know that. Uh, Nicky Lopez. He hit that ball almost back to Naples Central. <laughs> uh, we're excited to who, uh, preview the Astros series a little bit later on in the show. We'll be talking about Dylan Cease and Justin Verlander, the reported matchup for Tuesday, the two Cy Young candidates in the AL Central. We got a great uh, matchup earlier. I think it was Kopech versus Otani, or was it Cease Otani? I think it was Kopech Otani earlier on this year. Yes. That was a real great uh, marquee matchup. Uh, we've gotten Ga- Gosman a couple times versus Kopech, um, so uh, it should be fun seeing another marquee matchup like that, and we'll talk a little bit about the Guardians and, and the way the AL Central is going to shape out. We're also going to talk about the White Sox struggling to hit home runs, uh, but they did hit two today in the 5-3 to three victory over the Detroit Tigers. Let's start with A.J. Pollock. He had one hell of a day for himself in the leadoff spot, um, hit a home run, gapped a double as well. A.J. against left-handers, he's been very dangerous. They think they said in the broadcast that he's hit seven home runs this year. Six of them have been against left-handers, so <laughs> he's been really deadly. I mean, he does not miss his pitch. When he hits them, he rockets them out. Like last night's home run, he hit 111 miles per hour, which they said in the StatCast ever since 2015 is his hardest hit ball uh, ever. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good for AJ. And then today's rocket shot he hit, it was great to see. It's awesome to see that this guy is taking advantage of Tyler Alexander, we said he's an average pitcher who's got a nice record, but he's a lefty at the end of the day, and A.J. Pollock has been doing well for himself for his lefties and in that leadoff spot. So we're seeing some good stuff finally out of A.J. Pollock that we hadn't seen for majority of the year. Now he's putting together uh, at-bats after at-bat after at-bat, maybe because he's getting a little bit more extended playing time with Tim being out, being uh, one of the only guys who can hit leadoff and then also can play a decent left or right field. Right, and too with Pollock, like, there's so many stretches where you see him just kind of have really good at-bats and mm-hmm. really consistent good at-bats. And I listened to a podcast or interview with him with Joe Davis when he was a Dodger when they first acquired him. Yep. He talked about one of the big things that the Dodgers did and, and the, what the Dodgers helped him do was he loves video, he loves being able to break down his swing and figuring out what's wrong with it. And he feels like just through that video, he can digest problems, fix problems, and get his swing back. I know we keep talking about Frank Minokino. I know that some fans, it's their favorite topic to talk about because they want him fired. I know it's some pe- fans' like least favorite topic because he's probably not going anywhere. anywhere. Um, but I do wonder, with a guy like that, 
how much he is he affected by having a below average hitting coach in the major leagues? If AJ Pollock had a better hitting coach, would we be getting more bang for our buck in that Kimbrel trade? Because you're talking about him hitting the hardest ball in his stat cast era. Like, I think there's still legs in AJ Pollock. He hasn't gotten injured. He's shown some, some spurts where I think if AJ Pollock's pulling the ball more, it, maybe he's able to hit a little bit more. Maybe he's got, you know, double digit home runs. And also, if he's got a better hitting coach, I don't truck trust Frank Minichino to run a Twitter account, let alone break down swings and be able to go in the video film room and help A.J. Pollock. So I do have questions, especially watching A.J. Pollock, who's had such success and recent success in L.A., fall off the table like this. Is he worth $16 million? No. But I do think that even looking at some of the peripherals and the the expected numbers and the stat cast numbers, like, he's still hitting the ball hard. He's still squaring up balls. Like, I, I think that if he had a better hitting coach, we might be seeing more from Pollock. I agree with you. I think that he's on a team that's flawed where the roster construction was already messed up and he came to this team very late where the White Sox really weren't depending on him initially. They were going to go with Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets as their uh, right fielders with a little Leary Garcia and Adam Engel sprinkled in there. Then the late season trade, late uh, uh, tra- uh, spring training trade of him brings him over here and then Aloy's hurt. So you got to play most of your games in a position that you weren't brought over here to be played. He was comfortable with it as he played majority of his Dodgers games in left field, but well, he wasn't getting the consistent at-bats. Remember, initially, he went out with the uh, pool slash uh, paternity leave and then probably didn't get his legs under him. And, and I think the famous quote of Molly Knight for her tweets is like, you're going to hate right. AJ initially, and then there'll be dogs named after him after uh, a good stretch, after he hits like, 29 out of 30 home runs or something like that. He's getting there. He's becoming a guy that the White Sox and Rick Hahn traded for. Now, will he get the at-bats he needs, especially when Luis Robert comes back? I don't think so. I think that A.J. Pollock will still be a part-time player when Luis Robert comes back because who are you giving these at-bats to? Are you going to be having Andrew Vaughn a designated hitter? Perfect. Awesome. So there's no uh, Yasmani Grandal when he's not catching then, okay? I don't... I don't see where the bats are going to come from with A.J. Pollock unless you're doing that with Andrew Vaughn and you're playing him mostly as a platoon guy who plays in right field and plays in left field and just trying to pigeonhole him into some at-bats. I wouldn't mind seeing an outfield of Pollock and right, Robert and center, Jimenez and left, and then Vaughn as your DH. I'm, okay. I don't need to see Gavin Sheets hit too often. I don't, I don't really need to see him play right field. But you know that left him having a left-handed bat means a lot to Tony. Right. Like, it means like it overwhelmingly means a lot to Tony, where he sits down, as you saw today, the White Sox best hitter, Andrew Vaughn. I mean, he didn't do it today, but you see the White Sox best hitter. He gets sat down multiple times this year because uh, Gavin Sheets has to play either at first base right field or designated hitter instead right. of but Andrew Vaughn. In the playoffs, too, you're not going to be, I mean, maybe you'll want to sheets in there for handedness, but I don't think you're going to be playing guys for breathers or anything like that, especially in a three-game series. So, I don't know. Um, if A.J. Pollock shows that he can hit right-handers at all, I'd rather see him play the outfield than Gavin Sheets and have Gavin be a, a bench bat more than anything. And since the All-Star break, this is not including today, um, A.J. Pollock, 20 hits, 10 of them, 10 are extra base hits, oh. seven doubles, 
three home runs, and he's got an OPS well over 850. It's probably at 900 at this point with uh, with today's game. I know our guy Steven thought it should have been a triple there. Yeah, well, Brandon Truth saying only complaint against AJ was him breaking down his sprint, rounding first. Could have been a triple, uh, but minor gripe. I didn't think it was too egregious. Um, Steve Stone mentioned it too. Steven, you want to make your case yeah, for, uh, yeah. for anti-AJ Pollock running the bases here? First off, I'm, I'm with Brandon Truth 100%. It's a minor gripe, but he should have been on third base. He's running hard to first. Makes a decent turn and then just pulls up. He's dogging it at that point. And you see the bobble dogging. in right center. He's dogging it. He is. I don't disagree with Steven. Yeah, I just you like see the bobble in right center. He starts running again, realizing, oh, shit, it's too late. There's I, no outs. What's the cardinal rule of baseball? Don't make the first out at third. Don't make the last out at third. But I don't also, know. There's no outs. He stays on second base. But yeah. also, it's the things like that. Would the Cleveland Guardians do that? No. I was just going to say it. The Cleveland it, Guardians would actually grown in hard at second base, thinking about a triple, and then pull up if need be. Or put Ahmed Rosario in A.J. Pollock's body. He's on third there. Oh, easily. Well, Ahmed Rosario is one of the fastest players in the I major leagues. He's not AJ 35 Pollock. years old. I said him put him in A.J. Pollock's body, and he's still of on third Of course, because there. you're putting a 27-year-old in a 35-year-old body. What are you talking the about? The body's still worn. I'm saying he's not hustling there. He should be on third. I don't, but I, he still had a great game. I, I was really happy. I think, I think it's a symptom of this team. Out. I think it's a symptom of this team of it's fine. You know, nobody gets called out for it. No one will be in the post game asking Tony about, hey, what about AJ not doing anything? Mostly because the result was good. Secondly, it's just because the team is this. We don't hustle. Well, the team doesn't hustle. And getting those extra bases, as I said before, the White Sox are so single heavy and winning on the margins heavy that these are the things that make the difference. Picking up the ball, winning Sosa, even though. The official score, who was probably the worst official score day I've ever seen in my life. There was three clear errors, two on Lenin Sosa, one on Honus Haas in the eighth inning. Didn't on the call- Sebi double. Yeah, he called it a double with an RBI. We all saw the play. We saw that Honus Haas fell down and the ball went over there. If that is not an error, then nothing's an error. I just you know, can't believe this official score is out here doing that poorly. But I think the White Sox need to win on margins, and so – Forcing guys to make mistakes like the center fielder made a mistake on reading that ball. And so you could take the extra base. So you can be ready to take that extra base is what the White Sox don't do enough. The Cleveland Guardians do it all the time. We see teams come into guaranteed rate and do that all the time and take advantage of the White Sox mistakes. Detroit Tigers were just lucky that we're playing them because they're a little bit worse than us and picking the ball up, and they don't take the extra base either. And, t- I mean, too, I mean, there was a game with the Tigers. Robbie Grossman makes his first error in, like, 500 attempts. The White Sox get bailed out uh, by the Tigers just being bad. Like, did, did they beat them or did they beat themselves on that one, too? And also, you go to the top of the third. Um, Tucker Bernhardt grounded out. Then uh, Akil Badu reached on the infield single to second base. I think that might have been – was that the one that got past Harrison? I don't know. Anyways, Badu ends up on first base. Then Riley Green singled to right, and Badu ends up going first to third. And it was a play that, if it's a White Sox player or any, you know, any, any, yeah, right, any any guy that's you know over the age of twenty seven, um, he's he's just going to second base there. And then being on third base, Lance Lynn tries to bounce a curveball. It gets past Sebi, and Riley Green beats Lance Lynn to home. That's how they scored their first run. So you know, just hustling right there, put them in a position to score. So maybe Pollock, you know, he 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 put him in a position to score. He's in scoring position, and Jimenez still drove him home on a double. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly the White Sox do lose something there, not being able to take those extra bases and not being uh, a good um, a, a good base running team. And the Badu hit was the one where it just went over Lance and Sosa couldn't pick it up. So it was like that weird 
Yeah, the weird spin. And one. this is the weird thing too. Like as an official score, usually at home, it shouldn't be partial. But you know, you get caught up in the whole act there and the crowd. That play should have been called the air no matter what, because at the time Lance had no hits given up. You want to keep a no hitter for your pitcher up as long as you can, because it's hard to change it back once you've declared it a hit. That was maybe a questionable call where you can call it a hit or an air because you have a Keel Badu going down the line. But the one that he just booted uh, subsequently, uh, Sosa, calling that a hit is just like, what are we doing? Like, right. what are we looking at, official score? We need to get some accountability for the official score and for the players on the field because Sosa, this weekend, friends, like, we got our extended look at Sosa and Mercy. I tell you, that what he shouldn't bring a glove out there with him. It's not helping him. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be a question we're going to talk about in the, the Astros preview, but I think there's a, a commenter here that ended up mentioning the uh, shortstops a little bit up, Stephen. Um, it was right there, blank name. Sosa was not ready. I thought Yolbert should have gotten the call. Sosa needs to see more AAA pitching. The – First off, the hitting hasn't been great for Sosa. Nope. He had that one homer off Heasley and had that nice game against Heasley where he had three uh, exit velocities over 100 miles per hour. Uh, but, yeah, Sosa just looks real rough and just not ready. And the more I see him, the more I question whether the White Sox should sign somebody who has the veteran presence of a shortstop like an nope. Anderson Simmons nope. or a D.D. Gregorius. I know. Hey, but it's not like Sosa's good. No. Like Sosa's bringing a decent glove. It's not like he's bringing a decent bat. I mean – Angels and Simmons can at least field the position. I literally would rather go with Larry Garcia. No. I don't Larry Garcia see, is literally I don't better wanna, I don't than both those guys. I don't want Sosa on the bench. Okay, you can have somebody else. Have uh, Yobert Jake Sanchez Berger? come up. Yes. But I don't want those two guys to get starts where I know they can't hit. And they're fe- I mean, I- But do you want six weeks of Leary starting at shortstop? I don't. Hey, that's the fault of Rick Hahn not getting more depth. I know Danny Mendick got hurt, but the reason Danny Mendick got hurt is because you have outfielders that don't know how to play outfield, and Adam Hazley, even though he shouldn't be know how to play outfield because he's played there all his goddamn life. <laughs> I see people calling for Yolbert. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be the guy they end up calling up. Uh, he, he in AAA uh, in 80 games has an OPS of 652. Uh, you look at the walks to strikeouts, 55 to 18, um, and it hasn't been rave reviews from the future Sox guys of what Yolbert has looked like uh, down in Charlotte, and I just I don't think they have a guy. Like I think that their best option right now, if they want a shortstop to come up, is Colson Montgomery, which I think is just way too soon. Yeah, like, and that's ridiculously too soon. That's the thing of counting on Danny Mendick to get you at bats because once Danny Mendick goes out, it's tough. Right, fall off the table. Yeah, Lurie can give you a quality shortstop, but he's also his value. I believe is more in his versatility, not his everyday playing at shortstop or second base. So the White Sox messed up in this offseason, not fortifying this team, getting more depth on this team because Sosa, while we've seen only a short uh, amount of games, the glove doesn't play, and it's bad as not doing anything either. We did see Romy Gonzalez last year for a bit. I'm not sure how well he plays the shortstop position, but I know there was a time uh, there where he was uh, able to field the position. He is back in Charlotte um, and recently, I think, hit a home run. Uh, hit a home run last on August 9th, but he's got four home runs uh, since returning to the team in August. So maybe... Just maybe uh, they, they they pull him up. And that was WSX, so I don't even know if that was with the AAA team. Uh, he was hitting home runs. But he did have a home run in Charlotte on August 9th. So Romy's back. I mean, maybe they let him 
vibe on the team. I, I just don't know if Lenin Sosa is going to get that extended shot. Doesn't seem like Colson's ready. That seems way too early. And then Yolbert um, doesn't seem like he's going to be able to do it either for them. So they're really in a rough sp- position. And I mean, even Leary's hurt. I it mean, looks, he didn't look good last night. Looks like a. Um, Romy has made most of the starts at shortstop. The 22, 25 starts in AAA, he's made uh, at shortstop, six at DH, three at second base. So, yeah, he's gotten a little action in AAA, but uh, most of it at shortstop. Four errors so already, though. Yeah, I don't know how well he fields that position. And when he came came up last year, I think he mostly played out in the outfield. Um, I think I know they threw out Romy uh, out in right field. So um, the White Sox depth really got hurt by Danny Mendick, didn't get – supplemented like you said by Rick Hahn during the deadline and then Tim Anderson going out for six weeks not being able to return likely until September 20th um, might be a a real 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 weakness for the White Sox in these next series because you're no longer in the 19 game stretch where you're playing teams that are consistently below 500 you're going to have to welcome in the Astros into town and is Leary Garcia going to make three starts at shortstop for this team going up against the Astros I'd hate to see that. I think you're going to go 0-3 in those games if Leary Garcia is going up against Astros pitching. Hey. That's just me. Oh, Yimmy Garcia's in uh, um, Toronto anymore. Fuck. Yeah. Hey, let him borrow. Let us borrow Yimmy Garcia (laughs) so we can hit a home run off of him and sign another three-year contract. KPW, can you you get that to work? Can you get Yimmy on a a plane to Chicago and and get his ass in an Astros uniform? Uh, He can start every game. I would not mind it Um, and have Leary lead off. Um, Let's tell you right now about PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. You might be wondering what is a CHGO membership. What does that unlock? Well, you're going to get free. You're not, you're not going to get free uh, <laughs> written content, but if you <laughs> unlock that content, you will get articles from our great beat writers. Vinny Duber just posted an article about Michael Kopech being pulled after six no-hit innings and the idea and reasoning behind that. Jared Willis covered Saturday's game and talked about the White Sox fending off the Tigers and keeping the hope for a streak alive and put in a good frame now reading it you know this team's finally three games above 500 you get excellent the best CHGO White Sox coverage from our membership so you'll unlock the great written articles from our beat writers you'll get the access to our CHGO lounge which is a CHGO discord uh, channel where you can chat with all of the CHGO personalities about the White Sox Cubs Bulls Blackhawks whatever we have channels for every single sport that you love and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker when you make a first time deposit of $50 or more when you download the PointsBet app using code CHGO and it's perfect time because we got a brand new CHGO White Sox shirt in the CHGO locker you could support Cy Cease when he takes the mound on Tuesday against the Astros. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a first-time deposit of $50 or more at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live bidding game. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I know Herb uses it literally every day. He puts it in his smoothies. I started taking AG1s, taking it in 10 ounces of water each and every day because they sent over the free samples. 
the first day I took it, I felt rejuvenated. I felt energized. I felt ready to take on my day. And each and every morning, I have felt that same way when I've taken my Athletic Greens. You might be asking, what is in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1s in my water, herb smoothie, we absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help us start our day right. The special blend of ingredients helps support our gut health, our nervous system, our immune system, our energy, our ability to focus, our ability to age and, you know, not pull up after first base and we can push it to third base and make that double into a triple. So down, not download, you're not downloading Athletic Greens. Uh, You're going to go to a website uh, because they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. You add Herb and I's reviews in, 7,002, and it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health. You're going to go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks and reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, a cup of water in every day. That's it. It's no need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO SOX to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I heard the chime, which means Vinny Duber is ready and waiting. He is at guaranteed rate field after the White Sox sweep the Tigers. They win today 5-3. to three. Let's head out to the CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Hello there, sir. Hey, guys. How are you today? Oh, good. we're good. It's a White Sox winner. We're always happy after those. Uh, let's go to a guy we haven't talked about just yet, the guy who gave the insurance runs to the White Sox. How's my guy Andrew Vaughn doing? Did you talk to him after the game today? Yeah, Andrew Vaughn press conferences are a nightly occurrence now because he gets the game-winning RBI every day. Uh, so, yeah, we, we heard from him today, and, uh, you know, he, he – he was Andrew Vaughn, very much a matter of fact about uh, how things have been able to uh, work for him late in games, clutch situations. Uh, guys, I looked it up. He has the, I believe he has the fifth highest batting average in baseball with runners in scoring position. So uh, this is a guy who has uh, found a way to be clutch. Obviously, we kind of, we asked after the game, you know, you know, about him being kind of clutch in these moments. And he said last year he was terrible at it. And maybe the numbers say that. But, I mean, obviously, you remember that big home run that he hit against uh, Chapman in New York. You remember some of the other moments. I seem to remember him being kind of clutch last year. Well, he's been definitively clutch this year uh, at times for the White Sox and certainly this weekend. Um, and he's got a uh, he, he's got a three-game game-winning RBI streak riding into this four-game series against the Astros. Another guy in that outfield mix is A.J. Pollock, who's doing a great job as a leadoff hitter. Sean looked up the numbers since the All-Star break. He's got 10 extra base hits, 7 doubles, and 3 home runs. The only problem I find is that there's a crunch in outfield slash designated hitter for him to get his uh, at-bats in there. Did Tony speak or did he speak at length of how he's going to get these at-bats? Because I think he can't get out of the lineup right now, but it's going to be very hard to get him in there with all the players the White Sox have back, and then including Luis Robert eventually. Yeah, and we'll see. Obviously, the last couple days, you know, there's been that kind of opening in center field. Not that AJ played there today. Obviously, it was angled. But, uh, you know, that's one place that they can put him if Luis Robert does uh, miss any time. Uh, But you're right. I mean, he really was acquired to be kind of the right fielder for this team. Now, that doesn't mean um, that's where we're going to see him every single day for the rest of the year. You know, Andrew Vaughn obviously is swinging one of the best bats on the team, and he can play there too. Uh, They're not going to let Gavin Sheets rust on the bench. But I think more importantly, they're not – you know, 
they're not they're going to want to use that DH spot for other guys, be it Aloy Jimenez or Yasmani Grandal. Now, again, if you use it for Aloy Jimenez, that opens an outfield spot for Pollock. So there's a there's a lot of ways that the puzzle can fit together. Um, and I but I don't think as long as he's hitting that he's going to be losing any at bats because he is uh, a guy who's hitting really well right now and giving the White Sox what they need, which is a leadoff man while Tim Anderson is out of the game. So or, you know, out with the injury. So if they can keep getting results from him out of that top spot in the lineup, there's no reason to sit him down because they, uh, you know, otherwise would kind of be scratching their heads looking for somebody to put uh, lead off. So I just wanted to look up the the numbers that you brought up about Andrew Vaughn uh, and runners in scoring position. Uh, he has an average of 373 Damn. this yeah. year with yeah. runners in scoring position. Last year, 196. And he, there you go. Um, you look at the, the two split seasons, way to runs created plus. He has the second highest way to runs created plus over the past two years. Only Yasmani Grandal was better with runners in scoring position last year than Andrew Vaughn this year. And he was the worst out of the 21 players last year and this year, last year in way to runs created plus with 46. So he was horrible with runners in scoring position last year. So, uh, yeah, turning it around. What's it like trying to interview Andrew Vaughn? We saw... Stoney and Adam and Jason try to talk to him after Saturday's game and Andrew's just real matter of a fact and Herb was like they're trying to pull everything out of Andrew Vaughn and he's just you know laser focused is it tough to get something out of Andrew like is it like how how, what's it like interviewing him the 24 year old that skipped all the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's a really, you know, he's a really nice, friendly guy. Obviously, the converse, he's really willing to have a conversation with you. But you're right. I mean, he's a guy who uh, gets to the point, so to speak, which is, uh, you know, I guess good in a way, but uh, not necessarily great if you've got my job. Um, but uh, but no, I, I've, I've found that, you know, if you talk to him one-on-one, it's a little, uh, he's a little more forthcoming than he might be in a group. And again, that's not, not you know, by his... Uh, uh, you know, he's not trying to be difficult or anything like that. It's just the way uh, that some people are when they're interviewed, and that's fine. Uh, you know, when the when the cameras come out, some people—I'm not saying he's one of them—but some people can act a lot differently than they do when uh, when they're not in front of your face. So uh, that's uh, a, a little peek behind the curtain. I'm not so I'm not so, so sure how interesting it was, but uh, yes, he is one of those guys. And you know, listen too—we've seen guys when they come up. They are a certain way, and after they, you know, just like hitting, after they get their reps, uh, they're a lot, uh, they're a lot different at it. I think back to Dylan Cease when he first came up, and you know, him in an interview now versus uh, back then, it's it is night and day. So, um, you know, it could be just a, a matter of getting used to things. But uh, Andrew Vaughn doesn't seem like a guy who really changes uh, his approach much, whether it's at the plate. Uh, in the field or uh, in front of a uh, recorder or a microphone. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's your answer. And I saw today the great outing from Lance Lynn, and I even conclude yesterday's outing by Lucas Giolito, even though the four runs were scored. I think the White Sox starting pitching has just been phenomenal. Lance Lynn joining the party with his six innings of work, only two earned runs, and I question that because the official scorer was having an off day today with Ayers. So I think there was only one earned run today for Lance Lynn. How do you feel about his outing, and does he look like he's back to being kind of the Lance Lynn we saw of old? Uh, I think much like uh, we've spent the whole season wondering, you know, oh, is this the day that the White Sox uh, become the White Sox kind of thing? And it's never really clicked. I think Lance Lynn's going to opt to stop answering that question until things have definitively clicked. Uh, Asked today what he liked about his outing. He said, we won. And that was about it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know 
what that means in terms of how he felt about his outing, but I think maybe uh, it's, um, you know, a, a little sick of maybe going through the search process uh, for what he is trying to do out there on the mound and would like it to just be done before he answers that, yes, I feel like myself again. So, you know, it, it seems like every time that he goes out there and has a good one, you know, there, there tends to be a one like like last week in Kansas City. So um, I think he's going to wait till uh, till he strings a whole bunch of good ones together in a row to uh, go out there and say that he is, in fact, back. I know you weren't there, obviously, uh, last week in KC after a start, but we, we saw a couple videos of the, the locker room. We saw how short he was. Was it like a similar tone today, just kind of, you know, just there to answer questions and help you guys do your job? Yeah, I mean, Lance is kind of always the same way, you know, win or lose. He's not one to uh, greatly expound on anything. But, uh, yeah, he's um, obviously in a better mood after he wins than when he gives up a few home runs. So uh, that that makes sense. I think last that last start you saw him frustrated um, from what the results were. And uh, today he was normal Lance, but normal Lance is usually not, uh, uh, you know, uh, cheery and, and, and uh, spending, uh, you know, 20 minutes talking to us or anything like that. Right. Well, and then you also see, too, like, I mean, Andrew and A.J. Pollock, like, colliding in center field. Uh, you know, that was a little iffy, the two plays behind him by Lenin. So I just wasn't sure if, you know, he didn't walk anybody, only five hits, and Herb wants to give some of the airs to Lenin Sosa. Oh, so, I mean, Lance just had, Lance had a really good day, and I, I felt like he could have gone seven today. It really just felt like, you know, maybe he was a, a little bit back, and it, it was nice to see uh, Lance kind of snap in. I want to talk real quick about Jimmy Lambert, um, and then I, I got a couple more about Lenin Sosa, but Jimmy Lambert comes in, faces four batters, strikes out four batters. Uh, Jake G- Diekman came in and did his job, but did Tony talk about taking out Jimmy Lambert? Because I think he could have gone for two more batters. I mean, I wasn't too afraid of Akil Badu and whoever else was behind him, even though they were lefties against the righties, because Jimmy Lambert's got 97, and he looks ridiculously good. I mean, hey, uh, as you know, Jimmy Lambert has plenty of experience throwing multiple innings in a game, uh, you know, came up through the minor leagues as a starter. Certainly he is capable of doing that. But I think, you know, I think you see from Tony and plenty of other managers too. you know, give guys innings and, you know, give guys full set inning, uh, one inning and move on to the next guy. I mean, that's why you've got this bullpen to keep kind of throwing different looks at the hitters, right? You don't want two guys to get too used to the relievers that are going out there. Not only that, but sometimes the relievers can know that they're going to go out there for an inning and they can empty the tank and, and really give all they got rather than try to spread it out uh, or, or save something uh, if they uh, need it. Now, Jimmy Lambert was so good today, so efficient that he was able to go out there for another pitcher. And I think it's probably the hand of the batter uh, or that, that forced the change when, when it happened. Um, he wasn't asked about uh, that specific move, but I, I think what you saw was uh, uh, Jimmy Lambert was supposed to pitch the uh, seventh inning. And he looked so damn good that he gave him another uh, another batter there, considering who the hand was that he can make. Then he Tony could make life easier for Diekman uh, in facing some of the uh, batters that he uh, ended up striking out himself. So, see, this is the thing. Tony's playing three day chess over here. They took out the <laughs> they took out the left handed hitter right. that's supposed to face uh, Jim uh, Diekman to put in Honus Haas, who gets on base. Honus Haas in the eighth inning makes that air that scores the well, sorry, allows the double to happen. The screaming double that allows the fifth run to score. This is what Tony Larusa does, man. It was I, (laughs) I actually thought it was a good move. There was two lefties coming up for that inning. I understood what Tony was going at, and it and it you know you just get a feel for how great Jimmy Lambert looked today after especially that 
rough outing he had in Kansas City. So it's good for him to get back on the horse. And who knew that Jimmy Lambert would be one of our guys that we're depending on him, Raylo. They've all looked great under the, out of the bullpen. And that's uh, kudos to Ethan Katz and kudos to Rick Hahn. I want more Adam Wainwright. That's all. That's you know, I'm just getting greedy with, uh, with, with Jimmy Lambert. Uh, let's go to a different guy who had a, a game that's probably forgetful. Uh, Lenin Sosa. Any Oof. talk about Lenin after the game? And we were kind of wondering... What's the plan at shortstop with the four games coming up against Houston? And also, like, what's Leary's health at? Because he hasn't looked the freshest out there with the leg injury that seems to be bothering him. Yeah, he's he's sore. Uh, to, to address Leary first, he is sore. And, I, 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 you know, Tony said that he's got multiple body parts barking right now. You know, that and that's – I think he's playing through – he's really gutting it out. He's playing through something that is very uncomfortable, it would appear, at least just watching him, right? Um I, and and that's going to be problematic moving forward for the White Sox because they need a shortstop. And and Larry plays a good shortstop defensively. Um, we saw Lenin Sosa have some trouble today. Not only that, trouble in the field, but, I mean, Lenin has not really hit at all uh, since he hit that home run uh, in, in Kansas City. Um, you know, a lot of guy, a lot of folks out there, you know, I think yourselves included, uh, you know, rightfully trying to see something different, right, begging them to play Lenin Sosa in the field sometimes – Guys aren't necessarily as ready for the major leagues as their minor league stats might uh, might show. Not that that's an excuse not to try them out there, but um, it, it's not working, right? I mean, it's not it's not looked good the last few days. So, um, but they need a shortstop, and so maybe he sticks around because that infield depth is is thin right now. And without TA, they're going to need somebody to go out there and play. Uh, you know, Josh Harrison can can stay at second base or or, or fill in at shortstop if he needs to. But uh, you're either going to see a lot of Leury or a lot of Lenin Sosa. And right now, neither of them are really getting the job done offensively. I mean, man, I, I struggle watching Leary at 100%. So watching him at like, you know, 85 with multiple parts barking, uh, it's weird to, for me to be like, eh, I'd rather see Leary at 85% than Lenin Sosa. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it feels like they need some more depth here. It, it's going to be hard to find, especially because Herb doesn't want to sign Didi Gregorius or no, uh, Anderson Simmons. Not interested in signing bad players just because we have bad players here. Um, I was just wondering, um, you're a big-time fan of pink? I know it's a Pink Floyd shirt. Pink Floyd? Yeah, they're yeah, fine. I yeah. thought it's my, again, from here, it just says, like, pink. I was like, well, well I see, yeah. Loves that well, there's song. No, exclama- no exclamation point, as you haven't, as you've noticed. So, Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a nice shirt. Do you just get that one? I've never seen that one. Oh, this is, in, this is in pretty regular rotation, Herb. Okay. Come on, I'm just, Herb. I just don't look at it. <laughs> Where's the Cascade shirt? <laughs> yeah. Where is the Cascade Did you shirt? make it? They weren't selling them. No, of what? course I didn't. I busted no out of here merch? as soon as possible. I did. I saw some of the pictures on Twitter. They didn't let anybody do anything but go stand on the infield dirt. That's kind of, I mean, you know, obviously we saw what happened at Soldier Field uh, over the over the weekend. Yeah. And that, uh, you didn't want that to happen, so I guess I can't blame them. But it made for a kind of quirky visual for a, uh, for a concert, didn't it? I don't know why they didn't use the center field like fan deck up there oh, let him sick. dj and up there and everybody on the concourse just dus, 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 dus. oh reverse Man. it reverse right. it have him stand yeah so he's facing the jumbotron sure yeah yeah that'll yeah. be a great concert that'd be sick um we should they should have us throw concerts at, at, at guaranteed rate field we won't have cascade play um i want to talk to you about friday just because you know we're talking about cascade um you went before the game no rick Hahn before this home stand i just want to confirm and then also well, first off, did Rick Hahn speak before this homestead? No. Okay. Was that shocking to you? Shocking? I don't know if it was shocking. Uh, okay. Typically, he will talk up on, upon return from a road trip. He did not this time. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only thing that he probably could have talked about that would be new would be Tim. And there's been no talk about that injury and addressing the media outside of the press releases, right? I would imagine Tony talked about it uh, down in Kansas City, but yeah, obviously I, you know, I wasn't there for that. I, I would imagine he talked about it in his things. We're getting, uh, you know, decent. You know, I mean, we're asking him about Luis Robert all this weekend, and he's been updating. And uh, you know, those updates have not been maybe full of information, but we did hear after the game that um, he's Luis is feeling better, and they hope that he's going to be able to play tomorrow. But they have to wait and see. If it's not tomorrow, Tony thinks it'll be soon, and he doesn't think it'll be something that will require a trip to the injured list. Oh, okay. that feels so good because once I saw that happening, I was like, huh, it's been real. Enjoy uh, Tim Anderson and uh, Luis Robert uh, IL, but. I'm glad he is not hurt more severely than that. Did anyone speak to Luis and did anybody talk about maybe sliding foot first? I know that's part of his game to slide head first, but injuries happen that way. And I know that's why he has the glove on, you know, it's not illegal yet to block the bag with your legs. So I think maybe going in feet first, people wouldn't be blocking the bag with their legs anymore. So is anybody talking about that maybe down in the White Sox clubhouse? I'll tell you this: uh, they never want to. They never want to. Whether it's whether it's Tony or whether we're going back to Ricky, you know, the answer has always been the same. You don't want to coach aggressiveness out of a player. And I think Luis Robert is so talented in so many different aspects. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to coach him up to to take away some of the value that he provides you as a base runner, um, then that's not that's not what you want to do. I'll say this: uh, What did we spend all Friday before pregame talking about to Tony, the Luis Robert? play in Kansas City on Thursday when he didn't run to first base you know the ball the ball ends up getting bobbled he still gets thrown out at first no hustle there um you know Tony said that's not the play that he was supposed to make you're not supposed to do that and then the day that that night he what does he do he hustles he shows his aggressiveness on the base path that was a zero zero tie at the time his hustle stealing second base could have made the difference in the game uh if, if you know if he's safe him sliding like that is probably part of the way he tries to get safe. I don't think you can criticize him for not hustling Thursday and then be mad at him for trying to to hustle and to be aggressive and help him, help the team out on Friday. So I, I don't think that that's something that they think is a negative. You know, they listen, they work on base running, they work on sliding, you know, especially in spring training. I'm sure there's a way you're supposed to do it. Maybe that's the way you're supposed to do it. I don't know. But certainly a guy with the athleticism and the talent that Luis has in, in all aspects, you definitely want to make sure that you're maximizing that, especially in a year where, you know, you thought he was going to be a lot better. I want to follow up on Friday for uh, two things. I want to talk about Kopech, but first I just want to expand a little bit more on talking to Tony pregame Friday. Um, Anything else you think fans should know about the hustling comments and the hustling discussion between the media and Tony? And then also uh, the fire comments from Johnny um, with more media coming to the park on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, have those comments been brought back up? Because you, you sweep, and obviously you know the fire looks great uh, during a sweep, but uh, has that been talked about, or, or maybe has Tony expanded on the family aspect on how he wants things to be addressed or things like that to be addressed in his clubhouse? Well, I'll take the uh, hustle question first. Tony uh, is, I don't think what you could call... Uh, you know, content with the way that they have hustled this year. He said it's much improved, or he didn't really say that, but last year he said he didn't like it. He said last year he was not happy with the hustle that the team had, and they won the division by a million games. This year he says it's not perfect. He would like it to be better, but he realizes there are a lot of 
physical limitations that the team has been under, you know, you're talking about half the lineup really more, more at times um, that have maybe prevented that in some aspects. He said it's not perfect, but he likes it's it's okay, I guess is how he's put it. Um, you know, I, I think in general, that's probably been pretty obvious for people to see. And I think the context that comes with that is that there are guys who have been under physical instructions or, or, or still are Andrew Vaughn and Aloy still are, you know, you know, if if Andrew Vaughn, you see run out basically every play, Tony says, but he's like some, they have to keep reminding him, Hey, if you feel tight, take it easy because you know, you don't want to injure yourself. And Aloy certainly coming back from the leg injury is in the same category. Um, In terms of Johnny Cueto's comments, uh, they came up today. Uh, Andrew Vaughn after the game, uh, they, he was asked, you know, uh, what did you like? What did you see from this team that, you know, kind of helped them sweep a team for the first time in, a, in over a month, get to three games above 500 for the first time since mid-April? Uh, and he said, and he said, Johnny said it best. I want some fire, and we had some fire. Um, he said, have you noticed the difference between the way you guys were playing before this weekend and the way you guys played this weekend? And he said, big time. Uh, so maybe that was addressed within the family you know it sounded like something that uh was noticeable now again i'll say it because i've said it a million times you can look fired up when you win three games in a row you can look fired up when you're winning and getting timely hits and hitting home runs and your pitchers are fantastic yeah you look fired up you look happy you look like you think you're gonna win the tigers are really bad the Tigers are really, really bad, and the White Sox just beat them three games in a row. If they go out and play the Astros for four games in a row, the Astros are the best team in the American League and don't have the same results, people are probably going to be saying the same things they were saying before this weekend. Oh, they look dead. They look lifeless. How, what are they doing? Bah, bah, bah. White Sox didn't score a lot of runs this weekend, um, You know, particularly that game on Friday. I mean, you know. Two to nothing against the Tigers. Come on, you got to do more than that. Uh, you know, Andrew Michael Kopech with runners in scoring position, though. Hey, he's I mean, doing but his, yeah, I mean, doing but I'm just saying, all year. Michael Michael Kopech throwing a no hitter and and he leaves and the game still right. tied at zero. Um, the Astros are very good and they're going to be a much bigger test than the Tigers teams is. I saw somebody say, you know, I'm afraid this is just another dead cat bounce. Dead cat, that's the Tigers, the team of dead cats. <laughs> but I'm Ching. But, uh, you know, the. <laughs> The uh, the Astros are a much different story, <laughs> and so we're gonna see if uh, if that continues. You know, obviously this weekend was a very good weekend for the White Sox. Listen, they're two and a half games out of first place. You can't be upset about that. Um, you know, if uh, considering everything that has happened this year, uh, for them to be in that position is pretty remarkable, and they are in that position, and they've got a month and a half of baseball left. So um, we'll see how it goes, uh, but uh, certainly. If you're asking what the team felt they saw this weekend, they feel they saw some fire. And two, I mean, Andrew Vaughn, fifth inning, ends up giving the Sox a 3-2 to lead because he busts down the line, makes that a fielder's choice. The guy ends up dropping it at first. Aloy scores. So, uh, you know, they, they did, you know, there's, there's moments today where you saw fire. Absolutely. Well, again, well, again, though, that's the first baseman dropped the ball. That's an error. Right. Uh, he dropped but, the ball. But, you know, Vaughn, Vaughn wasn't, you know, you, you know, jogging down the line, right? You know, he was. He, no, he wasn't. He couldn't pick the ball up and Vaughn get him out again, but he dropped the ball. I mean, right. the, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, good job by Vaughn. Puts the ball in play. Makes something happen. Absolutely. You'd rather do that than strike out. You'd also rather be playing the Tigers every game. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. Can yeah, we do that? That'd be awesome to play the Tigers all the time because they're terrible. As you said, Vinny, <laughs> this team, like, Beats themselves more than the White Sox actually won. And you're right. Like, 
every single game I watched yesterday's game, like only checked in on Friday's game because of the no-hitter uh, attempt by Michael Kopech, the White Sox still can't hit. Like, it's situational hitting has been very, very scarce for them. And so glad you have the three wins because you had to beat the Tigers, but this team still is not playing great baseball with the two errors that are made in the field. Pitching's great. Hitting's not coming along as it should be. So this will be a test right here versus the Astros. Anybody speak about the upcoming four-game set of versus the Astros and how this is kind of a litmus test for where this team is going to go for the rest of the season? Yeah. No, I don't know if it is. That's I don't good. know if I'd agree with that. I think it's a okay. litmus test for where this team is at right now, maybe. Um, you know, And I think that goes back to some early, early season comments by Rick Hahn that, that really made a lot of sense. That, you know, uh, a, a series against a good team tells you how good you are compared to them on that day. Uh, and this year, this season is so long. This sport plays for so long over the course of the year um, that they could be very different by the time uh, you know the end of September rolls around, or if they're fortunate to make it uh, further than the first week of October, there uh, with with the regular season dipping into October. But um, this is a team that uh, has been the benchmark series uh, three times in the last in the last what calendar year and a half here. So uh, you know they went down there last last year and just got absolutely crushed. Uh, they they welcomed them here uh, last summer after the All Star break and uh, looked really good doing it. And then obviously the way the playoff series went uh, has been a uh, something that's been hanging over this franchise ever since it ended. So um, we're gonna have the Astros here again starting tomorrow. Again the Astros are really really good and the White Sox uh, are going to need to figure out a way to uh, be just as good as them uh, if they want to prove that they still can accomplish some of the goals they want to accomplish this year. Yeah, I think litmus tests, I think, really only for the pitchers. Like, if you're going up against a Houston team, one of the best in the AL, like, you'll see how good they are. I mean, the White Sox pitching has been great, no matter who they've played. Um, let's see if they can continue that against the American League. But like you said, I mean, the three last series that they've played against the Astros – Tim Anderson has been in all of those series. So no TA this one. It's like, it's tough to see what this team truly is because, you know, come October, if they're playing the Astros, you're not going to, you're going to have Tim out there, hopefully knock on wood. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure. And you'll be able to roll out the pitching the certain way. Like I, I get your point, but I don't know. This team needs to win the division and you know, they're not trying to push against the, the Yankees or Astros at this point. The division's the main focus here. You're trying to test yourself against the division. I think more rather than the, the actual, well, they failed. Right, they they failed uh, more than the actual leak. Um, final thing, I want to talk about the pitcher that's going to be going out on Wednesday. Michael Kopech takes a no hitter into the sixth inning on Friday. We didn't get the chance to recap that, um, but what is kind of the Michael Kopech plan? I know you wrote about it on allchgo.com, but for the podcast listeners, um, what do you see as the Michael Co plan? Uh, Michael Kopech plan for twenty twenty two. It's, it's start to start, and, uh, and I think that you are seeing a plan in which they can manage his workload and, for lack of a better term, limit his innings while still allowing him to make the start every fifth day uh, for the most part. Obviously, they can take advantage of some off days um, and, and, and you know kind of work around when he's going to start. I don't know how many opportunities there are going to be to do that for the next little stretch here. There's a lot. They have a lot of time without an off day. But once September hits, they have a lot of off days. And so it's possible that they can be able to use the schedule to their advantage there. When they can't, it's going to be stuff like that, where they determine six innings, 85 pitches. All right, this is what you, you've done. Great work today. And, and because making that start every fifth day is what these guys want to do. This is what a starting pitcher in the major leagues wants to do. That's the goal is to start every fifth day and, and, and give your team a chance to win. Boy, did he do that. 
uh, on Friday with his, you know, no hitter through six innings. Uh, and boy, has he been making every fifth start. He's, he's, he's getting the experience they want. He is well, uh, he is over a hundred innings now, and he is going to uh, probably, I would imagine eclipse the uh, high that he has set as a professional, which is somewhere around 140 uh, from back in in the minor in his early days in the White Sox minor league system. So remember, two completely lost seasons for him. Uh, this is about the years to come as much as it is this year, but they are getting the best of both worlds when they can plan ahead for next year and the year after that and still have a guy go out and give you six no-hit innings and help you win a baseball game while you're trying to win a division. That's the number one Cascade fan, Vinny Duber. He's also the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Vinny, we appreciate your work. We appreciate your writing at allchgo.com, and we will talk to you tomorrow to start game one of the litmus test of it an is. Astros series. Put it down. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see ya. See ya. Hey, maybe Michael Kopech throws a no-hitter on Wednesday. We'll see. We said, I, I called it on the pregame. I think that if anyone's going to do it, I think he's going to do it in a White Sox uniform, either a perfect game or a no-hitter. I think Kopech's going to do it one point in his in his White Sox career. You that money, our man at Matthew Tortese won't be on our pregame to call it the five nothing <laughs> no hitter. And you it will the, be five nothing. You see the uh, matchups are out. For that yeah. series. Oh I, yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's official. Is it, can we go down it? Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Let, why don't you get that ready, and okay. then I will tell people about the good people over at PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars, but if you make fifty dollars or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. Our web co- content is premium articles on our website, allchgo.com. We talked about uh, Vinny Duber's article writing about Michael Kopech's plan. You, as a CHGO member, can read that article. You can also get access to our CHGO Discord, where Herb and I hang out and we chat with you about your White Sox. You got Matt Peck and Big Dave and Will Gottlieb and uh, Mark Kay in the Bulls Discord, talking Bulls. Um, and, you know, anyone can talk anyone. I could jump in the Bulls Discord if I want. Herb can jump in the, the Cubs Discord Yeah, we wants. got big-time White Sox fan Adam Hogue, Nicholas Mariano, also big-time White Sox fan right. on the Bears beat. So you can hang out with us in the CHGO Discord, and you get a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker. And we have a brand-new T-shirt for the guys starting on Tuesday. If you want to rep your ace of the White Sox staff, this is a great deal to take advantage of. Download the PointsBet app, use code CHGO, and when you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. Look at that brand-new, beautiful shirt. So add that to your closet today and if you have any questions you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out and in case you missed it online sign up is available you can download the pointsbet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 we'll go to the probable starters in the astro series and then we'll end it on a quiz we got a fun fun quiz for you herb's got four minutes to do some oh. random ass bullshit so it's gonna be fun what are the pitching matchups Udaquiti. jose Udaquiti versus johnny cueto on monday on Tuesday, it'll be Justin Verlander. Justin. Justin Verlander versus <laughs> Dylan, 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 Dylan Cease. On Wednesday, it'll be Framber Valdez. Oh, you don't like that one? <laughs> I don't like him. He's gonna he's gonna kick our ass. Oh, he usually does kick our he's ass. Kick versus our ass. Michael Kopech. And then the day uh, on Thursday, it'll be Lucas Giolito versus Garcia. Is that Luis Garcia? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Luis so, Garcia. Um, and all those guys are good to great. Um, at Luis least Garcia's got a four ERA. Everybody else has a sub three ERA, I believe. 
And what, and what, pitching what, for the Houston Astros. And what did Luis Garcia nope, do? But Aquiti has a 3.85 ERA. Okay. Uh, Garcia in the playoffs last year, two and two thirds, five hits, five earned runs against the White Sox. He started game three, so maybe Garcia doesn't have a great game against the White Sox. Um, but also back on Friday, June 18th, seven innings and oh, this is 2021. Uh, seven innings, seven hits, one earned run, two walks, eight Ks against the White Sox. So I, I don't know. He's a right-hander. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr., who just owns the right. White Sox, he what got two of those games yeah. versus the White Sox. And shout out to our guy Juan C. Perez, who's Whoa. usually from Spain. He's kicking it in France, and those are right next to each other. Yeah, he's out there. They call it holiday, don't they? Out there, they, they do on, call it. He's holiday. in summer with the family in Anglet, France. Could you imagine? Just you know, I go to Wisconsin Dells. Juan goes to France. I mean, he lives in Spain already. Right, he has I mean, a nice, like, good life, relaxing, not not as taxing as the American life where you're, you're work, 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 work. Out there, it's more, hey, let's enjoy some life. Life-work balance is a little bit better in Europe. He goes from beautiful, historic Spain to beautiful, historic France. We could go to Illinois to Wisconsin. And apparently, it doesn't cost that much to, you know, fly from Spain to France. Huh. Just like couple a lux. couple couple hondo, couple bills. Just go right over to another country. <laughs> Thinking about going to England next year, not staying. They won't let me. Um, just for a real quick second, you know, like a week and a half during the the season next May. Do what? Do English things. Do English things. Hang out. You know, I've never been. I've been. To, I've been to Ireland. Tea and crumpets. Yeah, there you go. You, you guys don't want my English accent anymore. No, come on, give us your and Cockney. also give us Cockney. Hurt. It's usually Cockney, and so Courtney's. If she's watching, she's getting mad. She's like, "They're they'll get mad." I was like, "I'm gonna do it over there." I'm like, hey, governor, give me a small a tea. Hello, governor. <laughs> Welcome. Small a tea. I'm from America. Yeah, we have Miller Lite. Hello, my name is Simon, and I love to do drawings. <laughs> That's uh, old Mike Myers SNL kit or uh, skit. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. Do you best Austin Powers over there? See how they like it. Yeah, man, it's groovy, baby. It is groovy. I think we're gonna. That's why I said we're gonna be jumping over because I think Ireland to uh, UK tickets are not that uh, that yeah. prohibitive either. I mean, you probably got a, some some way to to fly out there. You know, just take a, a, a connecting flight from fucking London to, to Shannon, and there you go. Celebrate yeah. some uh, time in my homeland in, uh, in Ireland. Uh, some good fun. We'll have some good fun with this. Uh, we, the White Sox haven't been good, um, and, and I do need to, yeah, Herb, you need to explain who Mike Myers is to me. I have no idea who that is. Um, You've seen all of the bad Mike Myers. like Yeah, my favorite uh, Mike Myers movie is The Love Guru. I was exactly going <laughs> to say that terrible movie. Uh, uh, he's not in Strange Brew. That's... No, I was gonna say that's that terrible movie. I wouldn't say Strange Brew. Yeah, Strange Brew, but Strange Brew isn't even Mike Myers. No, it's, no, I didn't say it. I yeah. said I said he was in that terrible movie. I thought you were gonna say that terrible movie, The Love Guru. Yeah, Justin Justin Timberlake and, yeah. and Mike Myers yeah. is a, a classic. Sounds terrible. Um, so White Sox Tom brings up a good point. Let's get to this first. When's when am I gonna shave my head? Um, I wanted to talk to the family about this because we we keep things in house with the family. Um, mullet is mullet acceptable? Is if it, I if I have one of you if I bring in clippers is it annoying have, enough is it like yeah, is it like much pain I don't know if it's pain but like, it's ugly I'll be ugly looking yeah I'll I think look you'll ugly be, you'll look worse with a bald head how, like does, how does Maddie feel about back. your mullet um my hair's pretty gross I mean like in the back um and Ma- Maddie would be fine with anything from what I know okay. so I, I don't have too many uh, concerns the only thing that I've been told is I shouldn't Dye my hair, yeah, because okay. I think it will. I will lose my hair. 
So it's either shave my head or go mullet. Do we just do mullet? And if it's bad, we just or like if it's just not like funny enough, if we just shave it. This is what you want. Yes, you can mullet your hair. Well, I, I want to do what the people want. I mean, Dave Barista is saying skullet. Um, so we could do a skullet for me. I got Ally Afraidy. You ever see Ally Afraidy? Where it's in the middle and then all the back is all working out. Uh, kind of. Like you, you, George Jefferson, the top of your head, and then all the back is just hanging out in the I, back. I don't know like George. George like, you don't know who George Jefferson is? I know is? who George Jefferson oh. is, but I don't, I don't think I've seen George Jefferson's hairline. Could you pull up uh, Google and, and pull up George Jefferson? It's a horseshoe. Could you also pull up? Yeah, so Ally Afraidy is kind of the same way. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Get you a George Jefferson? That's pretty rough. <laughs> uh, George Jefferson. Oof, brother. Uh, who's Who plays George Jefferson? Sherman Hemsley. Oh, Rest okay. in peace. Um, could you look up Ally Afraidy, Stephen? The former Washington Capitol? Yeah, the former. Oh, so you know Ally Afraidy. A-L. A-L. I, I, right F. there. It's that one. It's the first one. Uh, Ally Afraidy. He hit the ball. The he hit true, the puck the hardest True skullet. There it is. Right there. 34. I mean, that's Oof. disgusting. Oof. I feel like I could pull a nice ally. Pop that up for the people on the video. Oh, you already did. I feel I could rock the, the skullet. It needs to be longer, obviously, but, like, we can just keep growing it until they do or do not make the playoffs. Yeah. Do it. You're in for that. If, yeah, yeah, it looks exactly. You know, you could do that. You got to keep that little patch up there. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, like, I have, I have a horrible, horrible, ugly, ugly bald patch at the top. I mean, Clark says I don't have the full, the flow for the mullet, but, I mean, I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the people say. Um, and for me, I don't know. Whatever you guys want. I can blonde my hair because the White Sox won't. It's next. 22nd. So that's next Monday. Yeah. And by the way, let's uh, do a programming note on days. this podcast. Next Sunday morning, the Cleveland Guardians and the White Sox will be playing a game. We'll be doing our look, our uh, live look with it. So you'll be watching us on YouTube while we watch the White Sox game. So you can watch... White Sox with us. We'll do a pregame. Sean. A full live stream myself, during the game. Vinny. Vinny. And we'll be doing a postgame show. So you're basically going to be from start to finish, 30 minutes before the game and an hour after the it's game. An early game, too. We it's got like you covered. 10 o'clock, I believe, is the pregame. Yeah. Well, I think it's 11.35 start time, right? I think it's different because it's a Peacock game. I think, well, I think the early start is 11.35. I, I, I'll, I'll double check. But I think it's 11.35 is the actual game start. So we'll probably start. Oh, 11.05. Yeah, yeah, so 10.30. 10.30. So 10.30 we'll be here, and then we'll have uh, – oh, Stephen did not like the 10.30. That's early. Uh, so 10.30 we'll start, and then we'll be taking you all the way through that game. So, yeah, Peacock game, points bet special. Should be a fun time on August 21st. Yeah, and so if they don't win that game, uh, theoretically <laughs> they won't be in first place um, passing the Cleveland Guardians. The next day I will need to uh, – well, not the next day, but the next day is the day I predicted them being in first place. I don't think that will happen. So – after the wedding I go to on the 27th, I'll gladly shave my head and or make it blonde. Someone said it's kind of badass if you can grow a sweet tail. I can't. I, I my, think they're talking about me. I don't oh, know if I'm about to say my hair can't grow that far. A lot, just of, a lot of people are saying up. crew cut or, uh, or shaving it, so I might be shaving my head. White Sox, Tom, if I recall correctly, Peacock Games, especially the local ones, will come on regular NBC5. Is that true? That's what di- happened the last time we needed it with the Boston game. Where, but I don't know if that was because the fir- it was the first one they did. It was Boston versus the White Sox. And it was early as fuck, right? Yeah, it was like and Jason was doing the doing the play by play, and then Steve Stone was out there with uh, Kevin Euclid. Yeah, it was uh, White was Sox a good great. Booth. Kevin Euclid. I like that booth. Yeah, that's great. That was uh, Sunday, May eighth. So that's been a bit. I think that was one of the first Peacock ones. It was. Anyways, uh, we got 
or a little bit over the top. But uh, we're going to go to the quiz. It's okay. four minutes, Herb. Right. I want to go to these stats. A.J. Pollock hit the 100th home run of the White Sox season in the fourth inning. Um, hit a shot, put the White Sox over 100. Andrew Vaughn hit the 101st one um, in the eighth inning to give the White Sox an insurance run. Most home runs since 2005 through August 14th in a full 162-game season. So we're not counting the 2020 season. The White Sox have hit the second least amount of home runs since 2005 through August 14th. The only season they've been worse in is 2015, hitting 96 home runs. 2022 comes in second worst at 101st. 2013 at 107. 2016 at 117. Some of the better seasons. 2006, 176. 2008, 172. 2005, 149. 2012, 146. So the White Sox really, really struggling to find some power, Herb. And what I want to do, and, and fewest home runs this season, this was before A.J. Pollock and Andrew Vaughn added on, but uh, White Sox coming in at 101, Royals at 98, Guardians at 89, Tigers at 66, just shows you how bad the AL Central is and why the White Sox shouldn't be in this spot, 59 and 56. But what we're going to do, Herb, is we are going to go through the players that would either be tied for the lead or have the lead for the White Sox in past history. So since 2005, which players have hit 14 or more home runs through August 14th? Okay. Since 2005 in the White Sox era. So there might be multiple guys here, right, with with multiple appearances. All you got to say is their last name. All right. You're going to have four minutes. Okay. You have the years and the home runs on there, right? So uh, if, if you could see that, Stephen, you might need to make it a little bit uh, bigger if you I can. Mean, I mean, it really won't help me out. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to help you, and I'll, I'll take you through it. So you're going to have four minutes. Stephen's going to type it through. Stephen, if you want to help him out, you can. Uh, but it's going to basically be you two guys working out, and I'll just be uh, emceeing this thing for you guys. So okay. f- 54 players have had 14 or more home runs uh, through – August 14th for the Chicago White Sox. Jose Abreu currently leads the White Sox with 14 home runs in 2022. So when you are ready, tell Steven to start the, the, Steven, uh, the countdown. Start the countdown. All right. Abreu. All right. Abreu is your first answer. Abreu will pop up. Abreu pops up seven times. Canerco. Canerco pops up seven times as well. Die. Jermaine Die pops up. I think up. he's at 2006. I, I think he's, he's the leader. Uh, he pops up eight times. Times. I'm gonna try a hard one. Palka. Okay, Daniel Palka is gonna come Boom. up on the side. 18 home runs I for Daniel that. Palka in 2018. Not great. Pierzinski. Pierzinski. AJ shockingly comes up here multiple times. AJ is gonna come up here twice. 17 home runs, and he also had 22 home runs or 23 home runs in a season. Let's go with Creedy. Joe Creedy is going to pop up twice. Joe Creedy had 25 in 2005, and then he had 2006, 16 homers. I'm just going to say generically, Garcia, either Avicel or Louis. I, or he's not there. I, I don't Neither think is either there. pop up. Oh. No Avi and no Leary. It hurts my heart. Uh, 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 no. Um, let's see. So it's 2005? Yes. Oh, Frank Thomas. Yeah, this 2005 season. He injured was, that year? So yeah. Frank Thomas yeah. pops up as a bonus. Frank Thomas hit 12 home runs in 2005 in 34 games. Okay. So I think Frank could be counted because, you know, if he had 40 games, I think he hits 14. I just want to give Frank Thomas some love because he was still really damn good in 2005. Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey's going to pop up. You got two minutes and 40 seconds left. You got 30 out of 54. Yeah. Jim Tomey had, is the leader. 36 home runs through August 4th or August 14th in 2006. The Carlos Quinton. The Carlos Quinton 
Quinton will pop up. Carlos Quinton pops up three times. He hit 32. That was his best year in 2008. We're going to go with, even though a disappointing White Sox career, Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn, big donkey, will pop up three times as well. He's the second highest leader with 33 home runs in 2012. I'm going to go with Luis Robert. Maybe he's done it in his one year of eligibility. Luis no. Robert has not Aloy done it. Aloy Jimenez. Aloy Jimenez also has not wow, done it. 36 out of 54 so far. Some of the bigger ones you don't have. 31 home runs in 2016, if you remember that one. 31 home runs in 2016. I'm going to go with, I'm just confused right now, on 2016 White Sox. It's just such a long, long time ago. 2017, 22 home runs, if that helps. Those are the only two left you have on the the, the left side. All right, I'm going to go with uh, any more clues on the 2016 guy. Uh, Steven, oh, you can oh, help yeah. out. You Zion, Dis- Zion Vesiato. Dion Vesiato will pop up. I think Dion is going to pop up. Uh, V-I, it's V-I-C, Steven, now you're going to have to be able to spell. There you go. Dion pops up twice. He had 17 home runs and 16 home runs in 2012 and 2014. A minute 20 left. Steven, you can help. Moncada will pop up. Moncada had 15 in 2018, and he had 20 in uh, 20. 19. I just put Rios in there. Okay, you Alex got it. Rios. Yeah, help him out here. Alex, Alex Rios, Rios pops up twice. 42 out of 54. All right, I'm just trying to think of outfielders oh, for the White Sox because theoretically that would be the people who one, are. One guy, the hey, the, the guy who had uh, 30. Grandal. Okay, we'll see if Grandal was out there. Grandal will pop up. Grandal pops up with 14 in 2021. He finished with 23. So Grandal, after August 14th, How ended up hitting nine homers. McCann. James McCann will not pop up. So you got 43 out of 54. Uh, the guy who hit 31 in 2016 played the infield. 31 and played the infield. Greg Norton. No, I'm kidding. It's not Greg Norton. No, it's not Don't Greg Norton. Um, I got to go down there. All right. Who do you got? I got to go down there. Oh, well, Todd Frazier. Todd bad. Father oh, pops God. up. Todd Father had 31. He also had 16 uh, yeah, in 2017. good. Now I'm just confused on who who else is left. And uh, this just kind of makes my point. 20 seconds left, nine guys left, and you still haven't been able to name like guys who just hit 14 home runs through August 14th. We have one guy. It's Jose Abreu. Yeah, I just am dumbfounded of who could be. I mean, once I see the name, I'm like, oh, God, yeah, yeah that right. guy. Five seconds Let's left. Alexei Ramirez. Alexei Ramirez pops up in 20, uh, 2009 Alexei! with 14 home runs. Yes. You get 85%. You get 46 out of 54, so not bad. Oh, we didn't give us that, Jimenez on one of them, although we did put it. Oh, okay. Well, you you typed in Jimenez wrong, so that's on you. So oh, Jimenez pops up. Uh, so you get forty-seven out of fifty-four. Nice job, Herb. Yeah, thank you. Is um, that Carl Effort? Yeah. So the names you missed: 2017, 22 home runs. Matt Davidson. Oh, Matt my Davidson. Own guy. Would lead this team in home runs, and it wouldn't be close. Fourteen home runs for Jose Abreu in twenty twenty-two. Matt Davidson through August fourteenth. 22 home runs. Uh, Aloy pops up in 2019 with 20 home runs. Obviously, you said that one, so we'll give you that one. In 2005, Carl Everett had 17 home I runs. I believe in him. He doesn't believe in dinosaurs. 30-30. <laughs> Nick Swisher had 17 home runs in 2008. Matt Davidson pops up again. 16 homers in 2018. Andrew Jones pops up in 2010 with 15 home runs. Our guy T.A. pops up in 2018 with 15 home runs. And then the final one, uh, Juan Uribe pops Juan up with Uribe. 14 home runs home runs in uh in uh, what was it uh 2006 so you know real ugly year for the white Sox power very much so and clark had it. he had davidson i can't believe i didn't have my guy matt davidson that was 
big time cheering for Matt Davidson, especially the three home runs I think he hit on opening day in Kansas City. I was like, my man's coming, finally getting his <laughs> shot. The guy I traded for Addison Reed is finally breaking through. Finally. And then he was kind of a better pitcher than he was a hitter. <laughs> he just couldn't cut it at either position. Anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. We will be with you tomorrow to preview the White Sox and Astros. It will be... Jose Itaquiti. Versus Johnny Cueto. Versus Johnny Cueto. So we will see. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I just like saying it that way. It's Urquidy. Yeah, you're you're saying it. You're saying it close enough, I think. (laughs) Um, That one's going to be starting at 710, so we'll join you at 630 for the CHGO White Sox pregame here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show account on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. That is the great Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at EctorWall23. That's his last name backwards and 2-3 for Robin Ventura. We were joined by Vinny Duber out at Guaranteed Rate Field, and you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show and for being our quiz master. And thank you to everybody for hanging out with us throughout the postgame show. Shout out to Clark, Stupid Donkey, White Sox, Tom, Danny Murphy, uh, Shea Fidel. Uh, we got Dave Barista as well. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us, and it was great to talk with all of you. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. Go White Sox.